Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Mike, uh, first day back after the Memorial Day holiday and markets are on fire. Now, one of the things that uh, we tend to see as we come out of these three-day weekends is a change in sentiment. And I think we might have actually seen a little bit of that last week after we had talked about the change in sentiment to the negative. Now, all of a sudden, we've got some excitement going and the markets are, are working their way, way higher. So what are we seeing that uh, that led to this change? Yeah, after the long three-day weekend, you had a couple things that compounded together. You had frost damage in parts of the Midwest. You had a forecast that was hot and dry um, for this week. And you really just had that longer weekend that people were seemingly really excited right out the gate to jump back in and get things moving and then just kind of died out midday but seeing that resurgence of energy right out the gate was a big one well i mean through last tuesday we saw uh funds had sold more uh of their corn of their bean uh, position they're still uh still long still about uh what 50 or 60 percent of the overall record long positions that they've ever held so i mean nothing to to say that this is a market that's ready to fall completely apart but then again you see a, a hot or a warmer drier forecast in early june i don't know that that necessarily is that scary um i know there was some uh, some frost or some freeze concerns in uh, in a, a bunch of states over the weekend as well uh with temperatures getting down into the uh, to the upper 20s maybe low 30s but um, for the most part, I don't think that's really going to be a, a massive issue. If there was damage, there's still some time to get replanted if they if they need to. But, you know, at the end of the day, is this really something or is this just something that the market really wanted to jump on um, because of that uh, that big sell-off that we had seen? I mean, we took a dollar, what about a dollar 40 off of uh, December corn? And here in short order, with uh, three, maybe four days, we've picked up uh, a quick uh, 85 cents uh, back. So um, are there some points that we need to be watching on the uh, December corn or the November beans um, as far as support or resistance or places that uh, we need to be careful about yet? Yeah, at this point, you obviously have those big uh, dollar thresholds for December corn. That's going to be your $6 mark. And for November beans, that's going to be your $14, $15 mark, both places. It's be uh, about 14 and a quarter, 14.50. Yeah, you got all those dollar thresholds to be watching. Um, but the big one is going to be what's going on with this open interest because you've been seeing a shift out of this July contract into some more of these deferred month contracts. You saw some good volume around at the open here today but then faded out as we got further on the day you went and limit up on corn but you're only there for a minute so that coupled with a third attempt at gapping higher for corn and a third a third time in a row of gapping higher and closing that gap instantly it just seems very peculiar for if it's going to remain bullish why the none of those gaps would remain open for an extended period amount of time and why we went limit up and now twice and limit down once and the limit down day had the biggest volume behind it well and you, you mentioned the uh the open interest and we talk about the the volume but i mean on these days where we've seen these big massive moves and and specifically in 
in July, but you can look at the December contract for corn or you can look at July and, and Nova on, on beans. We're seeing these big 20 cent, 30 cent, 40 cent moves, and the volume is not increasing whatsoever. I mean, uh, I don't even think we crossed 100,000 contracts in the July beans today, yet we were up uh, 15 to 20 cents. Uh, same thing on November, 20 to 25 cents higher with maybe 50 or 60,000 contracts that traded. Um, you know, even at 140 or something like that on July, uh, July corn or 100,000 on, on December corn, those are not big volume days. Is that, is that something that we really need to be concerned about? If the market's going in our favor, well, who cares if the if the open interest is dropping off, or who cares if the volume is not all that great? Is is this just a sign that there's just not enough people involved, or is this a sign that the that we're getting ready to collapse because of exhaustion? It could be one or the other. It could be just we are seeing such large moves because you don't have a lot of willing participants one way or another. You don't have a lot of resting orders. So to see the market move and move in a big way quickly is not as difficult to do. So maybe it's because we're exhausted or maybe because we're waiting to see if we should, in fact, have another story to build the base off of. But as of right now, what we can most likely say is we find some equilibrium to get deeper into where we can answer the questions. We don't quite want to fall out of bed yet because we're in that month of June time frame where we typically do see seasonally a peak being made and maybe we still have another run at it but maybe we don't and i don't want to be on the wrong side of this because when it moves a dollar a week or 80 cents a week or whatever it may be i don't want to be on the wrong side of that thing so i'm just gonna stay out from now until i can see Mm -hmm. we got a wazi report next week and a planet acres report at the end of the month and a lots on the horizon for weather day to day so at this point, it seems more like trade is in this cautious stance of I'm going to just stand the sideline a little bit more. Right. Well, and and one of the bigger uh, bigger moves today was the Minneapolis spring wheat uh, contract, and and last week they went through a, a frost and a freeze in northern North Dakota, and we saw a as we started this week a major change in in weather up there. They went drier in the one to five day forecast. They also went quite a bit hotter. Now all of a sudden they're eight to ten degrees above normal. This is the mar- this is the smallest market of the big three when it comes to corn, big and or corn, beans, and wheat. How is it that they that that market is is now seems like it's running the show? They decide they're going to go higher because of weather concerns, which are legitimate. But now all of a sudden they're pulling the corn, they're pulling the beans, uh, they're pulling the KC and the Chicago contracts with them. Well, you got that big feed grain ratio that everyone will be talking about. And in 2008, you saw the wheats carry the other, or Minneapolis specifically carry the other markets into early two thousand into that early 2008 time frame where you had the Minneapolis contract go above 20 bucks and pulled everything up with it. So. With that contract, with how illiquid it is, when people start to get really excited about it, it can, like we just talked about with the lack of uh, resting orders in the corn and bean markets, you really get that to an amplified amount when it comes to those more liquid contracts like lumber 
like canola, like oats, like anything that's lower in volume. So mm-hmm. with how condensed that is in the Minnesota, North Dakota area with the spring wheat up there and knowing that they very well could be switching acres from spring wheat over to corn. And if they were switching acres, it's probably the better acres. So the acres that were planted are going to be the worse acres, which very well could explain the good, excellent ratings. And you have a very condensed area that has a poor moisture content in the soil, have poor weather coming forward. And really, if there's any market that would affect greatly, it would be the Minneapolis contract. That very well could be what we're seeing and just some confirmation of it and some jumping on the back, looking for that feed grain rally potential for the next leg, which very well might be why the others are moving sideways in a larger mm-hmm. manner is because we're trying to answer that question and maybe seeing something along those lines take place. Right. No, as we, uh, as we move forward here, we, uh, we do have to, uh, to talk about uh, some of the things that are coming up um, that uh, our, our listeners and our clients need to be, uh, be aware of. And all of this stuff is stuff that you can find uh, as we talk about it in our premium content, in our weekly and monthly uh, snapshots. And there's going to be actually be two snapshots this month. We're going to have the one ahead of the USDA report for next Thursday. We'll have another one ahead of the quarterly stocks report at the end of the month. And you can find all that information on our website. But let's go down the list of things that is coming up, uh, starting actually uh, uh, here. We're recording on Tuesday. This will be the first re- uh, the first report for corn conditions, for new crop corn conditions. We've gotten uh, our planting pace. We know that we're above 90% uh, planted pretty well all in the ground. Uh, this first crop uh, uh, corn conditions what are we looking at um, from that perspective? Uh, next week, uh, we should be getting our first uh, bean uh, conditions. Um, where, do, where do we think we're at at this point? As of right now, you got the average trade estimate at about, I want to say, 70% good excellent for corn is what we're expecting right out the gate. Um, wheat has continued to be a little bit lower than what was expected for the um, Minneapolis, or, sorry, spring wheat contracts. I think that's at around 45% good, excellent with that winter wheat down there. And the, I think it's mid 40s, 47, 40. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 47 yeah. is where that comes into play. So looking for some good conditions coming for corn. Okay. And then I think the, I think with some of the rains that have fallen across the, uh, the Great Plains is that we should see uh, some improvement as we go into the last month or so of production for uh, for the winter wheat. Um, the next thing that we'll, we'll be talking about, obviously, is this USDA report as we move into next week. Next Thursday, uh, June 10th, will be the first uh, or be the, uh, the second uh, new crop uh, report for, uh, for the year here. Um, any expectations on that one? Anything that we should be getting prepared for on that? Maybe another surprise, uh, looking for something ahead of the planted acres to get people excited, whether it be South America, whether it be up here. Some surprise to get that last little run. People are looking for, okay, if it gets back to this level, I'm going to make cash sales and seeing something along those lines. But much like we saw in, I think it was 2019, you saw a little bit of hinting on the June Wazdy to what you could potentially see at the end of the month that got people excited so maybe watching for some kind of hint of do we see higher acres do we see 
something on the yield end of things? What are we expecting and what can we start to yeah. price in next? Well, I think that one of the things that we also have to think about there is, you know, what's it been like four or five months in uh, for old crop demand has been extremely weak, whether it's corn whether it's soybeans, soybeans especially. We've talked about this before where soybeans don't necessarily have their own story right now, so they're just kind of playing follow the leader. What happens, I mean, if you think about the fact that the old crop demand has been so slow, the sales have been slow, the actual inspections, what's getting shipped out of the country has been fairly slow. What if the USDA takes a look at that and decides to then increase, or, or actually what it would do is decrease the export demand uh, for old crop, that would increase your ending stocks. Let's say it's three, five million bushels, something like that. Nothing huge, nothing that's going to break the bank, but that would be, I think, a psychological failure uh, at that point. And with the demand curve that we've seen in soybeans, you could get a very steep drop in prices on a disappointing report like that um and that's that's something to be a little bit uh, concerned about i don't think anybody really has any major concerns about corn at this point obviously i think as we start to look out to that end of the month report that's where you've got to be a little bit cautious and concerned about corn because what happens if we add two million four million acres of of corn and we we do have a good production, and production comes in at that 175 to 180 um, level. Then you've got some some real issues, and like you said, talking about it in terms of 2019, that's that's almost exactly what we saw. Everybody was excited because they didn't plant anything. We knew planted uh, prevent plant was going to be huge, and then that was like your first indication is that, well, shoot, we planted a lot more than we thought, and then. As you went into July, you went into August, and you started to see that there was actually going to be some sort of a production level there. There wasn't; it wasn't a complete failure. Then prices never recovered, and that could be that could be an issue as we move forward. I'm not saying we're going down to like 350 or anything like that, but there is some concerns that we could see some markets that do see a fairly substantial sell-off. Yeah, at this point, like we talked about with the sideways equilibrium type of movement we're seeing, that would be confirmation for the bears at this point mm-hmm. to say, all right, you guys are good to go, and potential panic right. ensuing that, oh, I didn't get that last jump I was looking for, or I didn't get enough sales as to where I wanted, right. and seeing that come to the mix, and we always say it up in an escalator, down an elevator, mm-hmm. it happens very quickly, so... Definitely stay in front of it, knowing your risk levels, knowing when is good enough and when to get out or get in. It's going to be huge going forward. But mm-hmm. a lot of information coming for us, a lot of weather market ahead of us, a lot of everything ahead of us. So if you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride. You guys have a great one out there. 